Hi everyone and welcome back to Don't Praise the Machine. This is episode 29. Can you believe it? It's me, John Maloney, and I'm here with my best pal, Alexander. Can you see my little walkabout? My little walkabout mascot today. Yeah, I love this guy. He's become you don't praise you don't praise the machine mascot. You should do a little um. Maybe you can just briefly explain to the listeners who your don't praise the machine desktop mascot is each week. Yeah. I've got a few accoutrements on my desk that put me in a creative headspace. Things that your therapist suggested to give you bravery and confidence in the podcast. Yeah. You've got your special, you've got your blanket that you clutch. I've got my blanket, my weighted blanket, which I put over my, you guys can't see me, but Al can. I've got basically a kind of babushka style weighted blanket draped over everything except my mouth. So I'm kind of emerging meekly from the blanket and speaking into the microphone, but that just gives me a lot of comfort and uh, a lot of reassurance. And I've got um, tea, some hot tea, which I also find pretty comforting. I've got a stress ball. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, but my favourite thing is probably the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, mascot that I've got on my desk, which is a character, a mutant kangaroo called Walkabout. That was only ever available as a figurine. He was never on the show uh, because he's stupid and um, <laughs> and doesn't make any doesn't make any sense as a character. But my friend Lockie, because I mentioned him in conversation, of course, uh, bought him for me on eBay. So I got this original oh, 1991 wow. walkabout figure, and it's a it's a, or maybe I'll put it on the Instagram. It's a um, it's a kangaroo. He looks kind of. He looks like a kind of aggressive war general. He's got like a military vest and a, for some reason a bum bag or fanny pack, as Americans call it, um, and a scarf and a kind of a Kubra hat and an eye patch. He's a, he's full of character. What's the, what's his what's the name again? His name is Walkabout, uh, which is which is quite culturally insensitive, uh, and I like that about it. Obviously, adds a bit of historical curiosity oh man did i tell you did i tell you that i once i was in um i was in budapest hungary this would have been 15 years ago and they had a clothing store that had a slight kind of australian theme to just in fact i think i don't even think it did i think it just had like australian imagery like wallpaper and it was called ab originals (laughs) i said look hungry yeah come over here i'm gonna have to have a little chat with you <laughs> you can't. You want to know, but you can't be saying that. Yeah, that um, bastion of uh, racial sensitivity, Hungary. Yeah, that's right. They normally, they normally never put a foot wrong in these matters. But you know what? I have um, I have a f- couple of friends who are Hungarian, and mm-hmm. I had that horrible thing happen to me, which I've mentioned to you before, John. Let's look him up. Actually, what's his name? Uh, leader, leader of Hungary. No, it's not him. Is it Victor? Is it Victor Orban? Strongman. Yeah, Victor Orban. I had that thing happen to me again, where uh, a leader who I 
I previously, you know, had a particular dislike to. I saw them being interviewed and when they spoke really good English, my brain just went, yeah. oh, nobody who speaks English could be evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The same thing happened to me. Like I was watching a documentary. So I thought about Mussolini. Well, I was, I was watching a documentary about um, the Bosnian war and- oh yeah. I was like, oh, that bloody slobber Dan Milosevic, he's a, he's a nasty little thing, isn't he? And then they, somebody interviewed him and he just spoke perfect English. <laughs> I was like, well, I'll have to give this guy a second chance. <laughs> One of the things that's been popping up on my Instagram feed lately is ads for an app called Uptime. And what Uptime does is it provides you with five-minute summaries of, you know, which means you can, I guess, listen to or read them in five minutes or less. It's mostly things like books, documentaries, um, concepts that may be borrowed from philosophy or psychology or science or whatever. It gives you a kind of dummy's guide to those things. And these apps are... um, apparently becoming more popular. The other thing, the other one which is probably more successful than Uptime at the moment is Blinkist, which I think is mostly focused on books and provides you with, um, you know, again, kind of shortened, abbreviated summaries of those books and the concepts in them. And I guess the idea is that you can, for people who are, well, the idea according to their website is it's perfect for, This is from the Blinkist website, perfect for curious people who love to learn, busy people who don't have time to read, and even people who aren't into reading. And I don't like these apps. Uh, I've got a problem with them Uh, because because I think we've uh, gotten a little bit too comfortable with commodifying ourselves and carrying on about productivity. And uh, if you're somebody who feels uncomfortable because you go to a dinner party and you don't have anything interesting to say because you never make time to read books or watch documentaries or watch films. My suggestion is that you do those things and you don't try and cheat. (laughs) You don't try and get some like crumpled five minute dummies guide to, you know, one of them, like some of the texts on Blinkists were making me laugh because it was like, one of them was Long Walk to Freedom by Nelson Mandela. And I thought, oh, wow. I thought the guy spent 27 years in prison and you can't <laughs> even be fucked. <laughs> You're like, oh, I want, I just give me the dot points in less than 12 minutes. No, fuck you. Read the book. He spent decades in prison, just kind of spent a lot of that time refining his worldview and uh, developing his renowned sense of wisdom. And you can't even give it a quarter of an hour. Uh, but I, I went on there and I, and I signed up for a, for a kind of trial account on Blinkist just to see what it was like. And it said to me, it said, you know, ask me a series of questions like, do you want to, then there was a list and it was like, be more successful, be happier, know more about the world. Okay. And how long do you want to read for? And I said, well, I want to read for, I chose 15 to 15 to 30 minutes a day. And it said, wow, that's great. That's four times more than most people. (laughs) And I thought, that's a disgrace. If you're, if you're, but that means like what? Most people are reading for about four minutes a day. Uh, and then it said, you, I don't even know what this means. It said, you will save 
56 hours on reading this week with our app. And I thought, what? What does that mean? I'm not going to spend 56 hours reading. <laughs> uh, but maybe it means that I can do in 15 to 30 minutes, I can read the equivalent of, you know, that many updates that if I wanted to read all of those things or that many crunched little little writer summaries that if I wanted to read all of those books, it would take me 56 hours. Yeah. But I just, I just, it just kind of makes me feel perhaps like we've gone wrong, like we've sort of turned ourselves into productivity machines. Perhaps these kinds of apps will have the same kind of effect that Spotify is having on music where people just start producing content that's specific yeah. to the platform. So I'll just write a book that takes yeah. f- five minutes to read. Just cut Blinkist out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'll just be like, well, I'll just write the summary. Another one of them was like Lives of the Stoics. And I thought, you know, this stuff has been around for thousands of years. These people devoted their lives to developing those ideas. And you go, mm, I'll give it four minutes. That's, <laughs> just give it, give it to me in four minutes. <laughs> barely survived. Fucking Mount Vesuvius erupted and most of it was wiped out. And then you can't even be bothered to sit down for half an hour. I mean, you know, just read it on the toilet. Seneca, if I can't understand you in a three-minute dump, then forget about it, <laughs> yeah, you stoic <exactly>. idiot. <laughs> Anything, any idea that's worth that's worth its salt uh, can be dumbed down by some nameless technocrat into a three-minute <laughs> summary. The other question I would pose is like, if anybody said to me, oh, I just don't have time for any of this, I'd say... What what social media apps do you use? And then they'd <laughs> yeah, say, that's right. oh, you know, like, uh, I guess TikTok and Instagram and Facebook. And I'd go, yeah. what about if you just didn't use any of those and you put that time into books? <laughs> yeah, that's right. What about YouTube? How much YouTube are you watching? Um, yeah. Kind of, I've watched all of it. Well, maybe <laughs> that's why you don't have time to read a book. Like, I know if I say I don't have time to read, like, I know I have a YouTube problem. Yeah, I've got a bad YouTube problem. I've got an illness. Yeah, I mean, I haven't read Long Walk to Freedom and I just accept that my priorities are fucked. I don't try and blag it my way into a dinner party by going, oh, have you guys read Long Walk to Freedom? It's so moving. It's about a man named Nelson Mandela who was from South Africa and he was in the African National Congress and, yeah, no, no thanks. last point that I had here, John, was... Yeah, please. I want to ask you about one of your favourite songs, which came on the radio the other day, which I hadn't heard in a while, and mm-hmm. always makes me giggle and think, the lyrics to this song are mental, <laughs> which, uh, if I, maybe I'll just, what if I, what if I sing, I sing you the, the, the chorus, if I go... Please. Mama came in and she called me red-handed, tippy by Javonne, so... Picture this, we were both got navy love, but you got two more. How could I forget that I had Jibby Jibby Ja Georgie? What song is that? 
Um, it's It Wasn't Me by <laughs> Shaggy. Correct. Shaggy featuring Rick Rock from the year 2000. Rick Rock. A massive it was not me. international smash. Yeah, correct. And I'd always laughed at that song because um, it just doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> like, I've never really stopped to think about the lyrics. Oh man, they are—they're fucking crazy, and the whole—the whole thing is just uh, the fact that anybody wrote this is mental. Do we? S- do you want to just bring the lyrics up? Yeah, I'll John, because I'll, I'll do—I'll do the same thing. Do we assume that? Let me just. Well, it'll tell us, won't it? Who wrote the lyrics? No, I'll, I'll, this is this is what's also funny about it. It was Pavarotti. I also, so I did a bit of a deep dive on, this came on the radio the other day, and I found Rick, so uh, it's Shaggy, and then the guy that sings that chorus that you will have only ever heard him do that one thing, Rick Rock. Yeah. Um, He has a Twitter account, which I found. It's got 200 followers, and I love that his bio says, (laughs) Rick Rock, singer-songwriter, perhaps best known for singing the hook on It Wasn't Me with Shaggy. And I was like, Rick Rock, I think you can safely take that perhaps out of that bio, mate. Yeah, but the reason this song is so hilarious is because the premise, for anyone who doesn't know, I'm I'm sure people are familiar with the song, but the premise is that Rick Rock, he's... This is the other thing. I can't really work out what his relationship with Shaggy is. I guess you assume that they're friends. Yeah. But then there's a part of this song that also suggests that their relationship's kind of weird. (laughs) So so the, the song is basically Rick Rock confessing to Shaggy that he was caught having caught cheating on his partner. Yeah. Creeping with the girl next door. Creeping with the girl next door. That's right. But then- what the thing that just doesn't make any sense is that he's very explicit about exactly what his girlfriend saw when she saw him cheating <laughs> with the girl next door. I'm just reading the lyrics. Oh my god! And then Shaggy's advice is to just gaslight his girlfriend <laughs> to the to a, to a point which is just like absolutely insane. <laughs> really? Which, yeah, because it goes. So the chorus goes. So first of all, there's the. There's that weird intro where yeah. ning, it's actually the beat on the track is an abs fucking jam, by the way. If you just listen to the instrumental, the beat is dope. But anyway, you know, it opens and, and it's Rick Rock going, hey, open up, Shaggy, let me in. Shaggy goes, what do you want? My girl, man, she caught me. You let her catch you? <laughs> I don't know how I let this happen. With who? The girl next door, man. I don't know what to do. And then Shaggy goes, said wasn't you, which is just, it's just terrible, crazy advice. <laughs> and then... And then the, then the chorus goes, the chorus goes, honey came in and she caught me red-handed creeping with the girl next door. Picture oh this, we were both buck naked banging on the bathroom floor. How could I forget that I'd given her an extra key? All, now, this is an important line. All this time she was standing there, she never took her eyes off me. So his girlfriend has come in and just watched them having sex. <laughs> and then, in the bathroom. Yeah. And then... She, Shaggy's advice is to say that the person having sex with the woman in his own house, yeah, was not was not was was not him. But then he does, there's no real follow up as to how that works. How he's meant to convince her? Yeah. Can I just have a look at the ly- lyrics as you're talking? Yeah, please. Trespass in a witness while you cling to your pillow. You better watch your back before she turn into a killer. So Shaggy's concerned that she might murder him. <laughs> Uh, let's That's review the situation that you caught up in a to be a true player, 
She has to know how to play. If she stay a night, convince her stay a day. Never admit a word when she say, and if she claim, are you tell her, baby, no way. Yeah. But she caught me on the counter, saw me banging on the sofa. (laughs) I even had her in the shower. She even (laughs) caught me on camera. Why was she filming it? Uh, She saw the marks on my shoulder. Heard the scream get louder. Heard the words when I told her she stayed until it was over. Does sound um, like an insurmountable problem. (laughs) It seems like. As a lawyer. As a yeah. lawyer, John, if you brought that evidence to court yeah, I'd and the say, defendant the defendant just shrugged and said, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. I'd say, mm, that's not going to fly, is it? Like, <laughs> even if we were to apply the highest standard known to the law beyond reasonable doubt, easily sails over that. Uh, I'd say, but the- I told you to do a no comment interview and under no circumstances <laughs> let yourself get filmed. And what Rick happened? Rock. Rick Rock, you idiot. <laughs> um, I know I, I sh- shouldn't have represented you. But this is the best bit, John. So then there's – so I'd never paid attention to the end of the song and I always would hear the song come on and think, <laughs> this is such a ridiculous song because, like, why is this weird shaggy guy just telling his friend, giving him this advice saying, yeah, just completely gaslight your girlfriend and yeah. just oh, – and the other, the other thing doesn't make any sense. It doesn't explain what the end of the encounter was. So – He's banging her on the bathroom floor. The girlfriend's watching. Like, how does it end? Like, at what point is he not him? Like, does she leave? And then she comes back and she says, I saw you banging on the floor and he says it wasn't me. Yeah. Or or during the act, does he turn to her and say, this isn't me? This isn't me right now. Yeah. And 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 then the side girl leaves and Rick Rock gets dressed and his girlfriend says, what was that about? And Rick Rock just says, oh, yeah, it wasn't me. Yeah, and, and Shaggy's saying, uh, whenever you should see her make the gigolo flex, I don't know what that means, Some, somebody else as it be by you, it not that complex. I mean, it's not that <laughs> complex, but it's not going to work. <laughs> and then, as you probably, as you've no doubt come to, the interlocutor of Shaggy, Rick Rock, says, that he basically rejects this strategy and he's going to try and atone. Yeah, this is the so this is the, and this is my theory. So I looked, I looked up how many people had written written this, and this is quite unusual for a song of twenty one years ago. It's <laughs> not unusual for pop songs these days. There are eleven writers credited on this song. Oh wow, look at that! Which you just think, what were eleven people contributing to this? <laughs> That's so true. But my theory is that at least one of the 11, much like um, much like in 12 Angry Men, yeah. one person has stood up at the end and gone, this is <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Like, I'm not putting my name to this. I've, yeah. they've, they've, um, they've come to a compromise and they've because he said, like, we're not putting this out. It's a fucking stupid song. Yeah. And they've said, all right, you can do the last bit. And so he's put in – he's – Put in probably because his wife would never let that writer release this song. Yeah, so he's put in the last, the last like I don't know if you'd call it. It's almost like a an after chorus, and then that bit goes. That's Rick Rock, and he says, "Gonna tell her that I'm sorry for all the pain that I've caused. I've been listening to you. I've been listening to your reasoning to Shaggy. 
It makes no sense at all. It's true. We should. This is also weird. We should tell her that I'm sorry for all the pain that I've caused. Like Shaggy yeah. wasn't having sex with her. No. So we should tell her that I'm sorry for all the pain that I've caused. You may think that you're a player. He's now, this is directed at Shaggy. You may think that you're a player, but you're completely lost. Yeah. That's why I sing. That's why I sing. Honey came in and she coming around handed, creeping with the girl Ripping next door. with the girl next door. Wow. So, so they've, yeah. it's caused a rift. Uh, Between he, Rick Rock and Shaggy. Yeah. Shaggy was Shaggy saying, look, you're overthinking this. Just tell her, just kind of disappear behind a curtain or a wall and then re-emerge and say what? <laughs> it, Se- having sex it wasn't me. On the floor. What? <laughs> 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 and I think I think that the uh the kind of conflict that this advice caused in the relationship between Rick Rock and Shaggy seems insurmountable because I'm pretty sure they never did another song <laughs> together. We've enjoyed that bit on Don't Praise the Machine, me and John talking about Shaggy and Rick Rock from the year 2000 with It Wasn't yeah. Me. Just a f- little bit of an aside. Uh, Shaggy is a US military veteran who fought in the Gulf War. <laughs> wow. There you go. Well, thank you for um, your... Uh, service, Shaggy, and uh, Shaggy, thank you for your service. <laughs> thank you, thank you for your bold, long shot relationship strategies. <laughs> we want to say thank you, Mister Bombastic. Thanks, everyone, for joining us on this episode of Don't Praise the Machine with me, Shaquank Dalroni, and my co-pilot, Quaff Larank. We'll see you next time for Can You Believe It? Episode 3-0. <laughs>